welcome to Random Gaming Toolkit's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going over there? It's going good. The weather can't make up its damn mind. It was I know. <laughs> 93 four days ago, and it's 50 today. So yeah, uh, kind of a bit of a swing there. Yeah, it's been a bit like that over here. So we haven't been sure as to whether to take our jackets to work or not. Um, not that the walk to that we do for that is is very long, but still. Um, but all good over your side. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so uh, what have you been playing in the last week? Roughly. Um, carrying on with uh, Wasteland Three, it just gets more and more bizarre. I was telling my buddy Jordan the other day that they were smoking all the weed when they wrote the script for the game. Uh, I just had an encounter with a cybernetic political figure from the '80s um, mm. that was being uh, lorded by as a god and had giant laser beam eyes. So that was an interesting experience. I'm still playing the the Fuga game. It's very, very much, totally not World War One, wink, 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 World War One mm. era style with all the, the graphics. Uh, thankfully, I've figured out the mechanics of the game to where I'm not worried about sacrificing a child to make it past a battle, which is still kind of pretty dark. Oh yeah, I remember honestly. you said about that last week. Yeah. Something um. That. Yep. Um, and outside of that, not a whole lot. Uh, there hasn't really been anything that's been jumping up and down saying, play me, play me, play me. Okay, okay. Um, so I've played three games this week, uh, one of the which is still in beta. Um, I platinum The Last of Us Part 1, which includes Left Behind. You do have to do the Left Behind trophies to get the platinum for the game. Because uh, I thought, oh, they might be like listed separately or whatever, but no, it's all... All tied together. Um, first time I've actually played Left Behind. Um, still good. Still nothing wrong with Left Behind. It's very, very short, but it serves its purpose in terms of uh, what story it wants to tell. Um, for those of you that want to watch me do that, I think the stream was about an hour. Um, it's on the YouTube channel. It's called Getting the Platinum in Last of Us Part 1, and it's the video. There's a bunch of clips I've been putting up, but this is obviously the video that's a bit longer. So if you want to see me do that on camera, because I was on camera, um, which I've liked being a bit more on camera for the streams. I'm getting a bit more used to it. Obviously, when we do these audio episodes, not only can me and Robert not see each other, because we don't really need to, um, but obviously all these episodes are audio-based, so a lot of the content creation that we do, or that I do as well, um, I'm not thinking about where the camera is or looking into the camera or, you know, what the camera's showing. Um, that, yeah. when we first started recording, my internet speed was so piss poor, it couldn't even do video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, from, from day one with Entertainment Talk, I always just wanted to do audio stuff, really. Um, but yeah, this, obviously there's a different element with the game stuff because there's already a video there because you're watching me play something. So um, the only kind of fiddly part is figuring out where on which games to put the camera which i'll talk about in a minute um but no it functions really well it works with my playstation camera that i'm using that i use for vr games anyway um camera from what i can see is pretty good quality um obviously it's a stream so there's going to be bits of it that's not quite so smooth uh, but no i platinum last of us part one um interesting element to that because the playstation cards which some of you may or may not have seen some people have said, like, oh, these things just get in the way, they're kind of useless. Um, which, for the most part, I'd agree, because I've had my PlayStation for, what, nine months? I think I got it in January, didn't I, my, my PlayStation 5? Mm -hmm. um, I've not used them at all until this point. 
and I realised there was a bunch of cards that kept coming up. Um, one of the more notable ones is like, here's the activity that you're doing. So it will say, hey, here's the level that you're doing in Last of Us Two, and it, Last of Us Part One. Um, and it will say like roughly thirty or fifty-five minutes left, and it will show some things. However, there is a tab. Um, there's a few different sort of cards. It's laid out once you figure out the function of it. Um, which not a lot of gamers seemingly sort of have because nobody's really sort of used them. Um, it's quite sort of nicely put together actually. Once you get used to navigating it in a particular way, uh, basically you just press the PS button once. You look at your cards. It will have like you know parties that your friends are in, or the activities that you're doing, or the platinum stuff. Um, and literally, it. I, I was quite surprised at how well it worked actually because it will literally say. Um, obviously I was at a point where I had like let's say 80% of the collectibles or something it's like the artifacts and the firefly pendants and all those sorts of things and it has a little video that seemingly I guess PlayStation would have hired somebody maybe um, to like because it's a video footage of like someone playing at least with The Last of Us Part 1 playing the game and like hey a short little it can be between like 20 seconds to a minute it depends what the sequence is of what you're actually doing and it will specifically show you in the video, like, here's the, this thing is by this tree, or here's where this thing is, or if it's like optional conversations, it will say, hey, wait for so-and-so to say this so that you can press triangle to, and it's a really, really good guide to it, actually. It's the first time I've ever used the cards, but it was actually really helpful, um, and it does it in order as well, um, and the interesting part is, if you're in, like, the main menu of the game, and let's say you're tracking a trophy, so like all optional conversations, it will say, hey, just go into the level that you want to go into. Once you load that and you're in the level, it will say, it will show you like, hey, in order of where you are now in the game, here are the next ones. Um, it's really quite good. Uh, there was one little incident where, well, I wouldn't really call it an incident. There's like a long sequence with a couple of the other characters where you have to get like a chain of optional conversations to get a trophy and it seemed like it was sort of glitching out or bugging out or it, w it wasn't loading I couldn't get characters to like because you have to get characters to say certain things so that you can respond and then you walk to a different location and you have like a, a chain of conversations um, and then I looked at the trophy tracker thing and it had gone I was like oh where's the card gone it sort of glitched out and then I thought okay I'll, I'll go back to the main menu I'll refresh it or I'll check it and it had been done um that was the only incident where like the chain of events it described i hadn't quite done unless in a previous playthrough i triggered certain bits of that conversation that that was the only one that didn't sort of work quite clearly but then i thought oh the the hint thing in the options in the card is gone as it like glitched out do i have to reload the, the game or like what was the situation um it just didn't say that i had i had actually done it because it was like there was four optional conversations within the level it had like three out of four the glitchy ish i guess it wasn't really a glitch because it was done um came up and i went back to the main menu checked chapters and it said four out of four and i have the platinum so it clearly worked uh so that was the only like iffy part of of that um but no, it's yeah, it's got them all in order as to where you are in the level. I don't, I don't know how it all kind of works and stuff, or who's making these specific videos because they're not like typical. Because there's no one talking in the videos; it's just it's writing to show like, hey, when you walk this way with Joel, turn this way, and there will be an artifact next to this thing, or it will give you a brief description 
and then it will give you like a video and it will really slowly show like you turning around a corner with Joel and there's like oh there's a glowing artifact there on the floor you pick that one up um but I've not really heard anyone saying that they've like used the cards for for anything not even for like parties or friends that that's in like a you can use that in a different tab um but just during my sort of um playing through of the game and I guess entering certain menus I just saw that I saw the cards thing kept popping up and it kept having Last of Us stuff on it. And I also noticed because when I was obviously checking the trophies list, I was like, okay, what do I need to do next? And it's got like, a certain percentage and how many things do I need to do for whatever. Um, and then it said, it kept on saying, I think you have to have PS Plus for this, by the way. I don't know why, but apparently you do. It had a PS Plus thing next to it and it said view hints. I was like, all right, I'm just going to click on it and see what it is. And these videos just started popping up, uh, which was quite good. So... Um, have you heard about anybody using the cards or anything? Because I've I've not heard that at all. No, but then again, since I don't have a PS5, I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's exclusive to the PS5 or if it's on the PS4 as well. Um, something like that sounds like it's kind of a next-gen thing. So Yeah, yeah, but it's very helpful. Um, so if anybody's... I, I don't know how it works for different games. That's the only time I've seen it or paid attention to it in that game. Um, but if anybody's doing like collectible based stuff maybe in a game have a look for it because you never know what might be there it might be different for different games I don't know I don't know if all the games will have videos for it because there's obviously games that are like really old like Skyrim and stuff so I don't know but uh, it helped me to get the platinum Um, I did look at YouTube for a couple of particular things Um, so yeah but that helps because you don't have to like load a particular video or search for a particular video um, it's just it's literally just built right into the PS5, so that was really good. Um, that's not me being done with The Last of Us. Uh, I'm gonna plan to do. I tweeted out a um, what's it called? Twitch schedule, uh, a new one. I'll see if I can stick to this one, um, which is gonna be Wednesdays at eight, and then Fridays at eight. There's gonna be three streams per week. We'll see how that goes going forward. There might be certain days I'm not quite up to it, or I don't know. Um, but I thought, hey, I've kind of just not played. FIFA career mode for a while, I should try and schedule it at some point, um, and we are in that sort of busy season now, um, but no, Fridays, 90 minutes each Friday, I'm going to be starting, I don't need to do the first two hours, because if you remember my launch night stream, I already actually did that, so there's no reason for me to go over those bits again, um, which is like the start of the game and everything, so I know which chapter to start from, so I'm just going to start from there and then just start streaming, um, but for those of you that want to catch up with that every Friday, or... If you don't want to watch it live, I'll go straight onto Twitch and export it. Um, there's a two-hour starter video, um, which is me talking through, um, you know, giving commentary and stuff. So if you want to be caught up with that before you start watching the new parts, those will be on YouTube. Uh, so that's been really, really good. Really enjoyed that. Um, I have a few people have been asking me. I have written some notes now for my Last of Us reviews. I've got three podcasts planned. Um, one is going to be a review of the first game. One is going to be a review of Left Behind because there's like different plot elements and different things going on in that. And then there's a third podcast I'll have out soon. I might do like one per week or something. Uh, there's no need to rush those episodes, but I'll uh, I'll try and do one of those this week. Because um, I've got pretty, I, I pretty much know what I want to say. It's just, you know, structuring it and when to talk about things and spoilers and all that type of stuff. So I uh, know that was really good. Um, so that's that part, uh, COD Modern Warfare 2 beta, um, I was, I'm going to talk about the map stuff specifically, somebody wrote in about that, um, I don't know if it's just me, but obviously I'm quite tied in, like, on, you know, on, like, Reddit and Twitter and things like that, 
into the COD community. I read about, obviously, you know, we've just had a new beta come out. It's been going on, what, two weeks? I think the second weekend. People have got a lot of opinions about a lot of things. And some people don't like change, which, you know, when you've got a sequel to a game coming out and you've got new th- new things and features in multiplayer, you should probably expect a certain amount of change. Still the same fundamental game, you know, Call of Duty, you point, shoot, you throw stuff, you run, you jump. Um... I mean this in the nicest way possible, but it feels like certain members, and I'm no particular names, these are just like random people online, that people have gotten a bit stupid when it comes to to COD. And, you know, sometimes we scroll through comment sections of things and we'll think, like, you've said a really dumb thing that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, opinion, opinions are opinions, but when something just doesn't make sense that somebody says, especially in this day and age, <laughs> um, it's uh, interesting to read. This is what I'm going to leave the the mini map comment until later because somebody wrote in about that. There's been loads of I've seen loads of posted videos and comments and things like this about the footsteps in the game being too loud. Now, one of the design ideas behind Call of Duty Modern Warfare 19, which is from the same developer, was that we're going to have a 3D audio um, sound system where you can hear enemies if an enemy's near you or in a building you'll hear them below you to your side above you if they're upstairs as a way for you to track those players nobody mo- i don't remember anybody moaning about that when they put that into modern warfare 19 so that was how long ago was that three years ago um when they put that into that game and that was like a newer sort of thing they were trying some new stuff with audio and it was game changing for cod really um not many of the games had sort of done it before that the exact same thing is being used with Modern Warfare 2, just a bit more up-to-date, a bit more cleaner, you know, bit better technolo- technology, um, technologi- technologically sort of speaking, because, um, you know, you've got newer technology and you have a PS5 and you've got a Series X. Um, so the sound, the sound to me is just better, it's sort of cleaner and, and things like that. Players have now been moaning that footsteps are too loud, which is interesting given the the comments, the complaints about the mini-map, so I'll, t- I'll tie those two conversations in later when we get to that bit of feedback. The whole idea is that, I mean, you can't hear somebody, like, across the map from you. I mean, I can't, anyway. I don't know if people are, like... Well, people have started hacking this game, unfortunately, already. I saw I saw a video, because um, you've got, like, PC players on the game now, and that type of stuff. Um, But, no, foot, footsteps to me... I mean, yeah, they're... I mean, they're not louder to me, they're clearer. I can hear them clearer in this game. But again, you kind of expect that because of the technology and, you know, a newer game on a newer gen system and, you know, uh, newer development tools and, you know, better better sound. You'd expect that type of stuff. So to me, I don't think the footsteps are louder. I just think that they're clearer. Um, And in an interesting kind of way... But the whole idea is like, okay, if you were in, hypothetically, if you're in that situation, you're hearing somebody run around on like a wooden floor in a very hollow building because you're at war, you're going to hear them run around. Um, but, yeah, some people have made videos about that. Like, oh my god, the, the foot... Like, and honestly, to be honest, right, to you, if the footsteps are too loud, we all as players have control of volume. <laughs> like, if the footsteps are too loud for you, um, turn the volume down, or if you want like the music to be louder than the effects, you've got options in those menus. I I don't really. It's been 
really strange reading some some feedback and comments because Infinity Ward has been understandably saying like, hey, it's a beta, game's not out yet. If you've got any feedback, things you don't like, things that you do, you know, tell us what you think. And obviously, they're feeding off of the internet for that. And one of the complaints has been all oh, the footsteps are too loud. You sort of would want them to be loud because that's how you track people in the game. <laughs> Um, on on things like ground war or war zone, it's going to be different because you've got like these massive, massive maps, and obviously there's things like that's where you introduce things like tanks and all these other loud things. But I I don't I don't understand it. Um, the the other complaint I keep seeing is like, oh, why is dead silence a field upgrade and not a perk? Um, it was a field upgrade in the previous game, and it was, in my opinion, it was balanced really, really well. Now, I get, you know, me saying these things about COD and everything else. People have got different things they want from the game. People have got different playing styles. People play with different guns. They want different perks or equipment in different menus so that they can use things in a different way. I said last week about, like, the new perk system. You've got one more perk, but you have to wait time for the, other t for the third and the fourth one and restock, which I like using a lot is in the third one so that was my bit of feedback about like hey it's still on the game but you have to i have to earn it in a different way it's not there from the start so that was one, one of my kind of things i couldn't imagine playing like because the game mode i like to play which i've said before is the 6v6 cyber attack i couldn't imagine playing against somebody that's got that's permanently got dead silence on um for those of you who don't know what dead silence is just in case you're not familiar with the game Dead Silence, when you get it as a field upgrade, which to activate a field upgrade, you press R1 and L1. I don't know what it is on PC. You can bind the keys to whatever on PC. On Xbox, it's probably LB and RB. If you've got two, you then select one of them after that. You turn Dead Silence on. It gives you unlimited tactical sprint, and your footsteps are, well, dead silent. So it basically allows you to run across the map really quick for a short amount of time in complete silence. Um, I couldn't imagine playing the game mode... That I play with somebody that's got that on the entire game. No matter how many times they die, how many kills they got, they've they've they just spawn with it. Um, that would be, I think, that would be really really overpowered. Because um, the the tense situations that both I've been in and I've seen other players in is like they're on a one v three and they want to be quiet, right? They want to try and sneak, get a couple of the kills, and like you know, instead of going guns blazing when it's one v three, so the enemy knows where you are. Um, for you to um like sit, not sit in a corner and camp but like sit and patiently wait be like oh my dead silence has come back it's back now you, you, know, you wait for that you wait for that rewarding kind of moment then you activate dead silence then you go for it um so yeah it's i don't i don't understand and i haven't really seen a good explanation as to why players want it as a perk it's just oh we just we just want it um it feels just like oh we don't want to wait for this thing to activate we just want to have it on so that we can just sprint endlessly around the map because um, some people some people want to play this as like some sort of adrenaline field thing where you just constantly run and slide and shoot and there's no sort of tactics involved with that but anyway um that's all that stuff with that uh and we'll get to the because uh, jack later is asking us about the um the dots on the mini map which i have some thoughts on as well but we'll save that for later uh, any thoughts on anything of what I've just said? Yeah, that does sound like a super broken, overpowered thing with that map. Now, granted, I don't play shooters, yeah. um, so I haven't really had that much experience with it. But yeah, that just sounds like that would get busted really quick. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I could see. Uh, see, even if somebody doesn't un that doesn't play these games, you understand why that doesn't make sense. So, um, 
Yeah, the, the the tense kind of rewarding nature of like, okay, I've stayed alive long enough. And I think if you do get some kills, your field upgrade um, time gets reduced. You can also put a perk on that reduces it anyway. So there's things that you can do that can counteract the, the, the quote-unquote problem. Um, but the idea of like, oh, wait around for my dead silence. You know, it's almost here. Then you click it and then you go and then you do whatever. Um, is better than just, oh, I'll just have it permanently on in every single game. And no matter how badly you do, it's always there. Because um, when you do have Dead Silence on, you feel very, well, obviously very fast, but very powerful as well. So, um, to me, it doesn't make any sense to have that as a perk. It really doesn't. So, um, yeah, that's Modern Warfare 2. Um, yeah, so that's that at the moment. Uh, just for me at the moment, like, in terms of how much I'm enjoying it, um, I just, I'm just looking forward to October 28th when I can get in there and I can, like, start playing Hardcore Cyber Attack unless I have to unlock it, which would be interesting um and then just start you know getting things ranked up because there's things that are obviously locked and i can't upgrade certain guns because it's the beta so i'm looking forward to that anyway the other game i played this week which i'll talk about for a bit uh is disney dreamlight valley now that i finished um last of us part one and left behind um i bought the game yesterday it was only 25 pound which i think is a, a fairly good price there's other like versions of the game that are more expensive and it lays out like what's in what thing so you know what you're kind of getting um as you know robert i don't really sort of like play building games and stuff i know that's that's much more of um uh, david's thing david really likes playing building games and that uh but when you put a building game in um and you put the disney theme stuff in front of it that gets me more interested um i played about an hour of it yesterday i it took me a while to get used to like okay what exactly am i doing here it's fun to meet all these disney characters and all that and i met a few of them which was quite nice um but like what am i doing what are the mechanics where do i store stuff and there was a lot of menus a lot of things to get used to um i really liked it though i i really liked it i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to just getting back into it and clearing up more of dreamlight valley and meeting more disney characters i i enjoyed my time with it um for those of you that want to see me play that again i i streamed that um i did stream about an hour of that as well uh, that again is on the YouTube channel, Entertainment Talk Plays, uh, again with the camera, which I did have to move several times because obviously I didn't know where the HUD would be for different things, so I moved it around a bunch of times, um, but it's all good. So if you want to check out my playthrough of that, uh, or so far the the hour of that, it's called part one because I'll be doing that in parts, uh, you can check that out as well. Um, any interest in Dreamlight Valley? Uh, no, Valley? I have seen it um mel uh, her name is melilla on twitch is a tiny bit massively addicted to that game nice. uh, so she's been playing it on twitch a lot it is just just going goo goo gaga all over it um nice. if you're not familiar with the game it's literally animal crossing with a disney skin yeah and it's on game pass so if you have game pass you can try it for free it's on switch it's on all the games uh, i haven't just because that style of building isn't really my forte, um, but I do love my building games. Um, just not that kind of style. That's why I never really got into Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Um, I do follow her on, on, on Twitch. I haven't seen any emails come up, though. Um, I'll have to have a look at that, because usually I do get emails for other people that I follow on Twitch, like Bex and those sorts of people. So Yeah, I just um, get notification alerts on my phone okay. um, for when they go live. I did hear about some glitchy thing with Twitch where it's unnotifying certain people, which sounds more like a YouTube issue or, yeah. or an issue that would be similar to one on YouTube. So anyway, that's what I've been playing this week. Uh, plenty of stuff, plenty of stuff going forward. Um, yeah, let's get into some housekeeping. We'll see you for that in a minute. 
Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K-U-K to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website. Uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk etalkuk you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20 percent off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscapes quality thanks very much to manscape for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with kualu you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to kualu to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so not a new piece of content per se, but I did make a new menu tab thing on the website. So if you go over to entertainmenttalk.org, uh, one of the pinned posts which I've got now is called Special Podcasts. Uh, I did still keep the Nikki Rap uh, one pinned just because it felt wrong to sort of take that off. Um, but uh, basically, if you want to know, if you want to check out a menu or a list of special podcasts we've done, so like the five year anniversary stuff, the three chat things that are done so far so the angus mclean interview the two talks with nikki nikki rap so one that was this year and one that was in 2019 uh things like our lockdown podcast where it was i think five of us or something uh came together and talked about a bunch of topics um that's listed in there so basically if you if you click on that it's called special podcast it's pinned at the top of the website not the very very top if you scroll down past the banners thing there's three pinned posts that you can see one of them is called information which i also updated because it was out of date um actually, i think i updated that one uh one that's the nikki rap talk uh just because that was the first kind of you know 
celebrity I'd spoken to, I suppose. Um, and then one that's called Special Podcast. So if you want that, you click on that, and then you'll see like the writing, the, the names for different episodes. Um, I thought I was going to put more stuff in there. Maybe I'll, I can always add to it at some point. Um, if anybody knows of any like podcasts and thinks, hey, why isn't this in the special episode thing? Uh, let me know, and I could just add it to that. Uh, it's basically just a little guide of like, hey, yeah, we've reviewed a bunch of stuff over the years, obviously, but these are like the special uh, sorts of episodes. Um, so if you want that, uh, click on the special podcast uh, post, which is, uh, like I said, tagged uh, or pinned at the top. Um, and then you just click on just click on one of the words. It will take you over to the link for that um, particular podcast and you can enjoy whatever episode that is. Um, can you think of any like particular special episodes that we've done? Um, the one where it was you, me, David Gray and Bex. I don't know if that one's on there or not. Um, we've actually done two of those with that grouping. So I think I put both those in there because um, one of them was the five year thing and one of them was like a big topics thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called like nostalgia and something else. So um, yeah, we need to do another one of those. But with conventions in the UK firing back up, Bex is all over the damn place. Yeah, yeah. Um, did I message you about that podcast idea I had? Uh I don't think so. No. Oh, oh. Um, but yeah, I, I was messaging David and Gray and Bex about. I don't want to say what it is yet, just in case we don't get around to doing it. But um, I'll talk about that with you after. Uh, but yeah, it's just another episode I've got about like how um a bunch of us can be on the same thing again so uh but that's that it's called special podcast if you click on that it will do just that uh a segment which i broke out of last week's episode which is called uh call of duty modern warfare 2 beta impressions i might clip out something from this show the same like cod talk um i don't know what i'd call that beta impressions part two or something weekend two um but that's that so you can check out if you want to individually hear my thoughts on uh so that's my first time playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, it's the beta impressions thing, uh, did another another episode this week, it's called Haptic Feedback, a general generational game changer, um, as obviously, you know, um, having a PlayStation for a bit of time, I've played a few games with Haptic Feedback, so I listed different examples of how Haptic Feedback can not just change the way that we play games, but li- literally the way that we feel video games obviously got the controller in your hand and it's doing different Haptic Feedback vibrations, um, and talked about kind of like sort of the past present and future so games that have already taken good advantage of haptic feedback games that are coming out and what games could do in the future with that as well always depends on who the who the developer is but i thought i would do that as a separate episode i'm very passionate about the haptic feedback on the dual sense i think it's really something quite special so talked about all of that uh did another actor and actress spotlight episode this week uh i think it's episode 13 that was the one that i came up with anyway talking about gina carano and Zendaya, so talking about their two different um, career paths, so that was interesting to do as well. Gaming talk last week, the one that I just mentioned, um, we talked about Sony's state of play. Uh, they revealed some new games, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and some stuff for FIFA 23. That reminds me, I forgot to write something down for the news parts, which I'll do in a second. So that was gaming talk for last week. Uh, speaking of the interview with Angus McLean that I mentioned, that is also listed in the special episodes. Um, yes, for those of you that have followed Entertainment Talk for a bit of time, know that I absolutely love Toy Story. And I got the chance to interview uh, Angus McLean, who's the director of Lightyear. Um, for those of you that haven't seen Lightyear, it is available now on Disney+. Plus. Um, it was listed still in my cinema listing, so that's kind of interesting. But uh, obviously that came out in June, I saw it, I loved it, and I got the chance to talk to Angus McLean, which was uh, really, really good, really, really fun. Um, so I very much enjoyed doing that uh that podcast by the way is spoiler free so if you've not seen Lightyear, 
and you're going to plan to at some point um there's no spoilers for that uh film on the podcast so didn't really do that deliberately we just kind of didn't get into spoiler stuff so there was that over on the United cast, uh, it's been a bit of time since United have actually played football, but uh, the last game was against Sheriff Tarraspool, uh, which I had not heard of before we played them. Uh, we beat them 2-0, uh, some good goals from Sancho, and uh, Ronaldo getting his first ever Europa League goal, because he's not actually played Europa League football before, because the teams that he's played with before usually qualify for the Champions League. So Ronaldo, at 37 years old, got his first goal in Europa League, which is really interesting. So, um, there's that. Uh, Gaming Talk the week before, we talked about the Marvel Disney Showcase, some Assassin's Creed stuff, and Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, Over on the Unitedcast bonus episode, I also talked about the treatment of Eric Bailey and James Garner. One of them has been loaned, kind of. One of them has been sold, kind of. Very strange sort of transfer business with those two players. And talked about how one of them's not been given an opportunity, and one of them had more time to be given an opportunity but wasn't. So they've both been kind of mistreated, but in different ways. So I thought that would be interesting to talk about both of them. Um, And the transfer business around them is very, very strange. So there was that part as well. Uh, Black Adam is coming out soon. Nobody seems to really be talking about this film, but uh, it stars, obviously, Dwayne Rock Johnson. I did a preview podcast for it. It's out at the end of October, I think. Uh, So talked all about that. And that is what what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, coming soon as well, when I get around to it, I plan on seeing and reviewing uh, Don't Worry Darling, which is the Harry Styles and Florence Pugh film. And then that horror film called Smile comes out soon, planning to see that. And then Black Adam, and then eventually Black Panther in November. That's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. start off with the uh, kind of big story of the week, the most notable story of the week. Uh, I don't always intentionally put that at the start, but it makes sense if we do. Um, an Iron Man game was announced this week. Not really with much sort of wow kind of factor, more just sort of like, oh, that's interesting that that thing got announced with no, like, had like a poster, and, and that was kind of it. An Iron Man game. Uh, this is going to be from EA Motive, which are the Anthem developers. Uh, which Anthem had a bit of an Iron Man-esque sort of control scheme to it. You were in, a, what, like a power suit type thing? Some sort of mech suit, yeah. Yeah, mech suit thing that could fly around. Anthem obviously crashed and burned. There was supposed to be an Anthem 2.0, which EA cancelled. So that game is... I don't even know what happens if you play that game now. But um, Yeah, I think obviously... actually when when we that game first came out in preview, I actually think I said it was fun for five minutes to zip around like Iron Man. Oh. And then that was it. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's been really interesting hearing the discussion around like, oh, what could you do in an Iron Man game? Because I listened to What's Good Games podcast this week, uh, and I listened to I, I was reading a bunch of stuff about like, oh man, what could an Iron Man game be like? It'd be so cool if we got an Iron Man game. Um, we already had one. We've already had an Iron Man game. Actually, there's been several. It was called Iron Man VR. 
and unfortunately seemingly nobody even knows this game exists because literally a lot of the discussion and that i read and heard was like oh what could it what could it be like if we could play as iron man and i'm like there was actually an iron man game out on the 360 when the second movie came out it wasn't it wasn't tied to the movie but it was it was iron man okay um but it's just so interesting hearing people say that this week of like what could it be like what what could the gameplay mechanics be like and i'm sitting there thinking about two three years ago i played an iron man game and it was called iron man vr and it was a mix of like sort of funny frustration frustration being like okay i i know it's on a specific platform right it's on a vr platform for specifically playstation 4 but um it was just kind of frustrating like and granted you know some other people that played it might not have enjoyed it as much as I did. I still think it's the best Marvel or DC game that we've had. Or the best, like, superhero game that we've had. Um, I did a rankings a little while ago uh, of top five best Marvel and DC video games. And it was at number one. I don't think that was much of a surprise. Because um, usually when, when people talk about superhero games, right, they talk about the Arkham games and they talk about the Spider-Man games. Maybe someone will bring up Guardians of the Galaxy and maybe someone will bring up the Avengers game. Because we haven't really had like a Justice League game yet, which would be great as well. Um, I I have kind of some mixed feelings about this in a way. Um, one of the things I've mentioned time and time again before is from Warner Brothers and Disney, the IP that they've both got. So things like Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, DC, and then Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, and obviously Pixar as well. Um, I want more games from those IP, and we've had, we've had, we're starting to get a few more of them, aren't we? Like, we had the Captain America Black Panther game announced, I've just started a new Disney game this week, the Dreamlight Valley, um, and some of them are in a bit, you know, different genres, things like Iron Man VR and Spider-Man and Dreamlight Valley are all different types of games. We've got the Disney, it's called Speedway, I think, the Kart Racer coming out, that's a different genre, a different thing, so it doesn't always have to be the same stuff, um, but I'm, I'm, you know, good with, like, different genres of games and things like that. Um, and that this this is good on that level because it is another one of those, and I do like Iron Man, and I think there's a lot of gameplay potential. But the reason I understand the gameplay potential even more is because I played an Iron Man game a few years ago, and that's going to obviously be very different to what this is, because this will be a third-person open world, I guess, probably New York-ish style game, um, probably similar to Anthem. And look, it kind of makes sense in a way. Like, you know, when when Anthem was being showcased and shown off and people thought like, oh, an Iron Man kind of game. That was the sentiment, right? Of like, oh, you can fly around like Iron Man. So f- forget the parts of Anthem that didn't work, which was the progress and the story and the multiplayer and everything else. And obviously gl- uh, glitches and bugs. If you take the... And I never played Anthem, so I don't know how good or bad the actual mechanics of that are. Um, also, you could also play as Iron Man in the Avengers game. So... It, it it kind of in terms of third person um, gameplay, you can experience a bit of that if you do play the Avengers game. Whether you play it online or play the story, you do get to play as him at certain points. Uh, so that kind of three three dimensional, obviously third person flying around, you know, use the camera a bunch type thing. Um, so this will play differently to how Iron Man VR played, but I just want an Iron Man VR too and. This game could be good. We have no idea of anything about it. We don't have a CG tra- CG trailer. We don't know anything about it. We don't know the story or anything like that. 
Um, the story in Iron Man VR was actually kind of interesting as well. Uh, just the base level of it. Um, you had Ghost, so the, the villain from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, who's also going to be in Thunderbolts. She, uh, so she's called Ghost. Uh, she was in the game, and essentially what it was was... Obviously, Stark Industries had made some bad technology. Tony Stark did it by accident, kind of. Like, the, the technology got into the wrong hands. It hurt somebody in Ghost's life, or it, it, it harmed her life in some way, shape, or form. And she was angry at Tony, so she tried to fight against him. Um, there was a bit more depth to it than what I'm explaining there, but I don't want to get into spoilery type stuff. But it was really quite good, and um, she was quite fun to fight and see in the game as well. Um, that was quite good. But, I mean, I'll pin the interest on this, you know, see what it's like. But it's just not going to be the Iron Man game that I would like, unfortunately. Which is interesting, because a few weeks ago or so, there were some comments from the developer of the Iron Man VR game that said, like, oh, they want to keep um, doing VR games. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. Um, I mean, for, for me, the whole Iron Man VR 2 is a, is a pipe dream. I don't expect it to happen. I don't expect to watch like a state of play or a PlayStation show or a PlayStation showcase and see like Tony Stark booting up his armor and flying around. I don't expect that to happen. Which if it does, it'll be a nice surprise then. But um I guess this is what I'm getting instead, which I'm not moaning about it. It's just not the thing I would prefer, but I I hope, look, I hope that when we see this game, when I get to play it that I'm like, "Wow, this is really good. I really enjoyed that because that's the base level of what I want to do with games is is enjoy the ones that I play." Um, how are you feeling about uh, Iron Man game from EA Motive? Uh, as, as with any games that's just announced and that's all we have, until I can either see the in-game graphics, play a demo, or see some of the mechanics, I don't feel the need to speculate on them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, is it something? Is is the idea something that's interesting to it, you? It could be interesting. Um, I have seen you play Iron Man VR. I know you love the game. It looked very good um, as a game. It functioned very well as a VR game. Um, so obviously you would think it would be a no-brainer to make a sequel, but maybe not because um, it is VR and that doesn't have the highest uh, yeah. retention rate. I think they said like 1 in 27 PS4 owners had a VR console. Which is not an insignificant amount. I mean, it's not like it was 1 in 500 or 1 in 5,000. Um, but still, it's not like it's 1 in 10. Mm-hmm. To where they could justify you know, making more games because there's more exposure for that game. Um, it's, it's always been semi-niche. Um, and we'll just have to go from there. Yeah, yeah. So, But no, just, just the, the function of like, you're in first person as Iron Man in this game because not every vr game is first person i mean if you look at like astro's playroom uh what was it called Re- rescue mission one of the astro games and things like moss that's like a platformer game where you're looking at the level in like a dollhouse sort of type aesthetic um a little bit different with astro but still kind of the same thing with this you literally have the function of like uh and you can you know you know when his um helmet kind of powers on and you get that because they, they're showing it sometimes in the mcu films how you get that like that screen that turns on you get like that effect and everything which is really cool like when the level loads you sort of get the the beam thing that sort of comes on and obviously you see that from his perspective um but no the idea that like you have your two move controllers which is your, your left hand and your right hand and you can like i think it was um one of the buttons was for shooting and one of them was for your thrusters and you could press triangle if you wanted to stay in a 
certain spot. Um, and you could like boost off the ground and fly, and you could like point your hand sort of behind you because that's how Tony would fly. He would put his hands like behind him and like boost himself forward, and then you could stop yourself and then like aim with your hands. And you could also, um, it's like if you wanted to use the hand blaster things, you would tilt the move controllers up a little bit. And if you wanted to use the things on the wrists, so you could have like clusters, um, missiles like targeted missiles. You could have like a machine gun thing. You could literally flick the wrist forward and it would like unlock that and you could shoot that. It was it was so good. It was so good. Um, I have already, by the way, for those of you that want to hear me talk about that more, I've put a link in the show notes to my Iron Man VR review. Uh, I don't remember everything that I said on that because it was a few years ago, but still very, very good. Uh, let's move off of superheroes onto sports. Um, Ted Lasso is a very good show over on Apple TV+. Plus. Some of you might be wondering why I'm bringing that up because it's a TV show. There's a little trailer put out this week that FIFA 23, which I believe is out at the end of this month, I think it's September 30th, is going to be adding a playable version of Richmond FC or Richmond AFC and Ted Lasso, obviously, is the manager of the team, uh, to FIFA 23. They've said um, you'll be able to use the team for different game modes. Um, I don't know if that will include, like, career mode, because even though the the team's got 11-plus players... The show highlights like some of them, like you've got um, Jamie Tart, you've got Roy Kent, uh, you've got Sam as well, you've got uh, Danny Rojas, um, who's like the striker and stuff. You don't necessarily get, like you get little, because um, they do like the changing room scenes and things like that where Ted is talking to the team and you, you get those scenes, but not every single character has like a name and everything. So it'll be interesting to see how the team is filled out. Um, because you want to at least have 22 players, right? Two for each position. Um, who the rest of the players are going to be? Because we don't always see, like, the entire team on the, um, on the show. So that'll be interesting. Um, I don't know where this kind of came from and stuff, but it's an interesting idea. And I remember, I remembered after they showed the trailer, they said one of the things that you can do this year in FIFA 23, when you do a career mode, obviously you take control of a manager and you control the team with your normal controls and that um you no longer have to create a manager so obviously with me i would put my name in and i would put like a generic looking guy or whatever um or for my fifa career mode i made a woman because it was just interesting and different um you can play as managers that already exist so if i take control of like men united um in fifa 23 i'll be taking control of ten Hag, or if it would be man city it'd be pep guardiola um, so be able to do, I assume, do, like, the press conferences and stuff as Ted Lasso. Um, the inter- interesting part about that as well is when you're doing, because you do, like, these little press conference cutscene option things, um, before the game, you give, you click, like, three different options or whatever for how you're going to answer the questions. There's no voice acting for any of it, um, which I'm sure, like, Jason would do and all that. Um, there was a little bit of, like, voice acting from him in the trailer, but... Uh, usually what it is, right, the press will have, it will have, like, a question thing, you'll click one of three different options, your manager will give, like, a smile and a nod or something, or he'll shrug or whatever, and then it will just come up with the text, and then that's it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this works, and again, who they, will they, like, just generate a bunch of players for the bench and for the reserves? I, um, I don't really know. So, um, have you seen Ted Lasso? I've not seen the whole thing. I have seen clips and highlights um i'm not a big i'm not the biggest fan of how many damn subscription services there are Mm -hmm. uh and i'm not gonna sub to apple plus just to watch it but i am 
familiar with the character. I am familiar with the show. Um, I know it's won a lot of awards, and rightly so. Yeah. Because um, from what I have seen, it looks like it's a very good show. Mm. Um, I I do hope that having him in the game, there is a lot of dialogue, because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested if they do that with the other managers, because obviously you could just pull audio from, like, Pep Guardiola's interviews, Ten Hag's interviews, things that he mm-hmm. said before. As long as you just get him to sign off on it or something, obviously. It's yeah, I mean, those, those so. coaches do so many interviews. You could just oh yeah use yeah. AI to copy paste so much. But mm-hmm. yeah, believable. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that, they're going on to FIFA. Um, it'd be interesting to see if because when you start a career mode, you can swap out like Burnley for Barcelona, so you can have like Barcelona in the Premier League. I wonder what league and stuff they'll be put into because I would want to like copy them into like take Fulham out or something, um, and put them into the Premier League. See how see how that goes. Interesting stuff. Um, let's talk about Gotham Knights for a little bit, and this is from Push Square, and it says, um, "Prepare to play through PS5's Gotham Knights a fair few times." There's a particular functional reason as to why that's the case, aiming to eke every last drop of lore from. Uh, Warner Brothers Montreal's upcoming superhero outing Gotham Knights. You'll need to strap yourself in for several playthroughs if that's your aim. Effectively because there are four characters to take control of. Uh, So Red Hood, Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl. Those are the four. Um, Yeah, for several playthroughs if that's your aim. Effectively because there are four characters to take control of. Each run will provide you with a significantly, sorry, slightly different take on events to be clear the overarching story will remain the same it's just your perspective of it will change um you will not see all of it in a single playthrough game director uh jeff eleanor told play magazine uh that's because there's so much content that is unique to the hero's uh, perception of what's going on and what happened uh cinematic director um wilson Added, from the cinematic standpoint, is very, very, very challenging. Uh, structurally, we're going to have a similar scene that um, overall f- uh, falls in the flow for each character. But each character has their own version of that. So because they move differently, speak differently, they have different histories with all the different characters, it allows us to make a scene that would be their version of that. Uh, some of them are very um, similar in how they do it, but they're going to have little subtle differences. Says diehard fans uh, will probably want to experience all the possible permutations, then uh, which will likely add extensive, um, extensively to the replay value. Let's hope the core campaign is compelling enough to encourage all those playthroughs. Um, I appreciate that, the effort and the the idea is is kind of cool, and it's not just like hey, we're going to slap one campaign and it's the same for each character. So they they wanted to do something different. With this, and you've got opportunities for different characters. I appreciate that. I'm I'm only playing this game as Batgirl. I I don't really have the interest to like play as Robin or Nightwing or Red Hood. Um, and as I've mentioned on a previous episode, the reason for that is when it comes to specifically Nightwing, Robin, and Red Hood. I've seen them on Titans, so I've had like Robin esque content a lot. Because uh, it had like what three seasons of Titans so far, so it had like a lot of Robins in that show, and they're one of the better parts of of that show. Um, that show's got its own particular issues. Barbara Gordon is in the third season, but she's the post Batgirl. Um, was it Oracle, they called her. Yeah, Oracle. 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 She's she's in that sort of state, so not the uh, Batgirl state. 
which nothing wrong with that character um i mean what they did with the character in that show uh, in specific scenes was odd because they could have used more potential from that character potential that they showed in the show that they didn't capitalize on is what i'm trying to say um uh so that was uh, kind of disappointing but with like the batgirl film being cancelled and we haven't really had like a lot of batgirl content recently and that is a character that i want to spend more time with i suppose um not only canceled they deleted the digital yeah, copies they, like scrapped it and did a tax write-off it's pretty mad it's pretty mad what's going on over there at warner brothers um they're doing that with other stuff as well um i read yesterday about that show called final space which is that animated space show um that that's going to get a tax write-off and it's going to be like i don't know i don't know if erased from existence is the right term but not as available as what it was um yeah it's it's i i've never really seen a company do that before um it's just it's just crazy that like i get that the flash is a bigger production cost and you have more main characters involved and that's apparently supposed to be a more important film because like the timeline and all that nonsense um but yeah scrapping batgirl and just saying hey this isn't part of our vision is just is nonsense to me so anyway that's on the film side of things um yeah, I I just don't really like. I don't really need to see if if I want to see like different differences in that type of stuff. Um, because I I might just kind of end up playing as Batgirl and thinking, cool, I'm done. That's it. Like I enjoyed that for what it was. I enjoyed playing as Batgirl, but that's it. Um, if there is parts in the story where they reference other stuff, maybe I could look that up on like YouTube or something. Um. I mean, it won't make a difference mm-hmm. towards sales. If is is a difference, right? Okay, they they put in the effort to do the the four differences with the characters, right? And that's like different development stuff, whatever. It doesn't matter if you do or don't play that because if you've bought the game, then you've bought the game anyway. You play it how you want to. Um, so it's not to to not do that is not really a disservice to the development because um, you've already bought the game and supported the game anyway. If you get what I mean, so you're not like you know, pushing the developers off or whatever. Um, but just for me, just my personal choice, I only really have the interest to play as Batgirl because I'm just, like, from a gameplay standpoint as well, what they've shown from the other characters does not look interesting to me. Um, and I also want to glide around the city. So there's that. So, yeah. Um, Robert, what do you think of this idea of the four playable sort of sections? I mean, it makes sense in the sense that, yes, there are different characters. They would have different interactions with the various baddies that are in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it's not as super grindy as it looks. Oh. Um, Cause it does look like seriously, seriously grindy. Um, I'm probably not going to play it. It just doesn't look like my style of game. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but there you go. That's Gotham Knights. Uh, that comes out at some point in October and I will, I, I don't need to fill, I don't feel the need to like play that. On, I, I will play it. I just don't need to play it on day one. I'll just, I'll get to it when I get to it, sort of thing. So, um, let's talk about, let's go back to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Um, but for hard drive discussion, which, um, let's say caused me some issues in the previous game. Um, I had to, on different occasions, uninstall Modern Warfare 19 on different occasions. You've got different packs as well. And it was uh, a big hoopla last time. And then, of course, Warzone came along and really made a right mess of things. Um, whether or not you like playing as Warzone, playing on Warzone, fine. But just in terms of the technology, 
the code of the game, how that got completely screwed over. It did not go well. Um, but Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 uh, and Warzone 2.0 um, are to be separate but integrated installs. This again is from Push Square. It says, The time has come to brace your SSDs uh, for impact um, readers. Heavy shelling is incoming in the form of potentially humongous Call of Duty uh, file sizes. As you'll no doubt um, already be aware, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 launches next month, October 28th. Uh, with Battle Royale sequel Warzone 2.0 following on 16th November 2022, which I will not be playing any of. Uh, the series, renowned for its ever-inflating file sizes, 200 gigabytes roughly, last time I checked, <laughs> is about to take control of your console storage space then. Well, potentially. Also, although no uh, firm file sizes have been announced just yet, however, developer Infinity Ward, who made this game and Modern Warfare 19, um, has confirmed that uh, while the two titles, so Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2, will be integrated, you'll have flexibility over which ones you want to install. This means if you're only interested in Warzone 2.0, you won't have to download the uh, entirety of Modern Warfare 2 and vice versa. Of course, if you want them both, uh, it says you may already be dead, or your hard drive might die from not lack of space. Uh, the integration will be seamless again. It wasn't really seamless before, but okay. Uh, so you don't have to exit the game and switch from Warzone to multiplayer and vice versa, said multiplayer co-designer Joe uh, Cassetto um, in an interview with German website GameStar. So this, so this is a very quick and easy, but you can still determine the installation yourself. Hopefully the developer has been able to uh, use this soft reset of Warzone to bring the overall file sizes down because the original really started taking the piss, didn't it? Yes, it, 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 it did. Uh, we appreciate that there's a lot of high quality assets, probably a ton of them, yeah, uh, in the Call of Duty games, but recent entries have been ridiculously bloated. Yep, and it's something that clearly needs to be addressed for quality of life reasons, if nothing else. There is two reasons why this is a good thing. Um, and first of all, thank God, um, hopefully they're able to keep the game this way. Just because it's launching uh, separately does not mean that it's necessarily going to stay separate. Um, obviously, the, these are live service games. They will update frequently, you know, when new game modes get added, new guns, playlists, what have you, uh, get added. Hopefully, things continue to get added regularly. Um, you know, new maps, new guns, game modes, things like that, new camo skins. You know, that type of stuff. Um, probably Halloween stuff when that comes around. Uh, so the game will be updated regularly. Obviously, because it's an ongoing live service game. The two, the two reasons this is a good thing. First of all, obviously, file size. Now, there was a... I, w I would likely call it conspiracy theory. Um, that Activision deliberately made Call of Duty Modern Warfare 19 so big that you couldn't install other games. So essentially the, the conspiracy idea was like, oh, if you switch between... Let's say you're like an online gamer, right? Let, let, let's say you play Fortnite, Apex, Battlefield, Rainbow Six, COD. I mean, that would be a lot to sort of manage, but I know I know some people that do actually do that. The idea being like, oh no, we're going to get you to stay on Modern Warfare because you can't like install Fortnite, for example, because your hard drive won't be able to handle it. It's kind of a funny conspiracy theory. I don't think that's actually true. But, um, or even like, hey, you're not going to go and play Uncharted because you can't install it. I mean, the game was never that, that big where you couldn't install anything else, but it it was a challenge. 
Um, especially on PS4, where you obviously had like half a terabyte, you had the 500 gigs. Uh, so that's obviously good um, for like just general install space. If you have no interest in playing Warzone 2 or COD um, and you just want to play Warzone like either way, that's really, really good for that. The other reason this is really good, and not a lot of people talk about this until, um, well, I've, I've spoken about it a number of times. The studio mismanagement with Activision and how that's affected Call of Duty. Because essentially what kept happening was because Warzone got so big and so successful, and that's good, Infinity Ward still worked on it, I, you know, it still should be a success. Just because I don't like Warzone doesn't mean it shouldn't be successful. Um, Because Warzone became its individual cash cow, and because Warzone got so big and so popular, that's when they decided, like, hey, we're going to take teams from Toys for Bob, we're going to take teams from... Uh, Beanox and from Vicarious Visions and all these other, you know, we've spoken a dozen times about how they're moving studios all over the place and they moved a lot of those studios to work on Warzone because guess what, it was a success um, to the point where, what was it, Tony Hawk Remaster 3 and 4 was cancelled because mm-hmm. they wanted them to, I think it was they moved that studio to, I think it was Vicarious Visions, they moved that studio to Blizzard or something stupid like that that they did but what ended up happening was because it was literally an integrated download. If you downloaded Call of Duty Modern Warfare 19, you automatically were given Warzone in it. Like, it was in the same game, and you don't download that separately. Uh, you download things like the multiplayer packs or the campaign or the special ops separately. And as efforts were taken away from Modern Warfare 19, because the game was getting older, Vanguard came out, Cold War came out, and time passed. And Warzone kept being a success, kept getting updated, but they were part of the same file, basically, which was Call of Duty Warzone, that's what the file was called. It started really, really messing stuff up. So hopefully, with this time, with Modern Warfare 2 and with Warzone 2, if it's a case where, like, hey, we're doing a big update for Warzone, we're adding a massive new map, that it doesn't interfere with the code or the development of Modern Warfare 2, and you can just keep those two things separate, because, for goodness sake, it really just messed everything up before. Um... So yeah, both from a development standpoint, from the mismanagement of the studios, uh, definitely from a code standpoint, um, it it was so obvious as well because every single time they said like, oh here's um, an update for Warzone, here's an update for Warzone, here's an update for Warzone, um, and they were updating it regularly because it was successful and they wanted to add more stuff, my game of Modern Warfare kept getting updated and updated and updated and kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it just kept messing things up. Um, so yeah, this is good for both those reasons, which is which is great. Um, so hopefully, start of like you know it, it, these that that two week ish period of October twenty eighth, November sixteenth, or fourteenth, whatever it was. Hopefully, that's where things can start running smoothly again with all that. Uh, Robert, what do you make of this whole situation? Uh, it's just people being silly on the internet because first off, that would only affect console players. Anybody playing the game on a PC never has to worry about running out of space because they can just throw another hard drive in there. Yeah. Yeah, and I know I don't know about for the PS4, PS5, but I do know for both the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, and the Series X, you know, USB 3.0 hard drives are very easy to use. I have one in mine. I don't really need the space because once I'm done with the game, I delete it, so I'm only using about mm-hmm. 300 gigs of the terabyte that's in there already. Um, but yeah, I could, I got a two terabyte hard drive. I could just plug in if I needed the space. Um, now granted, technically, is that possible? Yeah. Do I think it's at all even remotely likely? No. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but no, to me, this is good from a code and updated sort of standpoint because they're both. These are both going to be games that are going to be updated regularly. Because to me, they are two different games. Warzone Two, Modern Warfare Two. They are different games. Um, so to have them installed separately, because essentially, what the good idea there to me is, if Warzone Two is being updated, but I've not got it installed, I don't have to like update my game. For Modern Warfare 2, so hopefully that fixes fixes some of those things. Um, I could also do without having the individual pack downloads and stuff. There's not as much of an issue as what the Warzone thing was, but still very very good. So again, we'll see how this how, what this looks like in six months or something um, when the games have both been out for a bit of time. Uh, let's touch upon these next couple of things. Um, Sean Layden. Um, we heard a. Um, frustrating i wouldn't call it sad um a frustrating kind of sad story regarding sean Layden this week um now colin moriarty over on sacred symbols has brought up the chinese gaming market a lot of times specifically tencent um he's somebody that's like followed that whole thing in the industry and he's pointed out a number of times which he's been correct about which is that no other game journalism so like ign GameSpot, all these other places are really talking about it which is true i don't really see any posts from anywhere else about the Chinese gaming stuff which Tencent is involved in um, he's brought it up a number of times on his show um, we've brought it up occasionally on ours about Tencent, um, China's horrible for obviously different reasons outside of gaming as well, they are you know, generally just an awful country that has a lot of bad ideas and ideals and things like that um, but that's obviously a different thing uh, Sean Layden who used to be the head of Playstation, it's now, what's his name Jim, Jim Ryan is it? Is the head of PlayStation now? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the head now. Because um, you've got Doug Bowser, which is still kind of funny. Then you've got um, Phil Spencer, and then you've got Jim Ryan. But Sean Layden, who was the head of PlayStation before, has joined Tencent. We don't know anything about it yet. I just saw a headline of like, oh, he's joined Tencent for whatever reasons. I, th- I think I saw like a short little statement about like, hey, exciting opportunity and da-da-da-da-da. Um... That's very, very disappointing. Um, I saw a Sacred Symbols... I think it was a Sacred Symbols Plus episode posted from Colin. Um, and it said about, um, like, hey, he's a talented person and this is really disappointing. He made some good stuff happen over at Sony. I mean, you talking about, like... So if you're going back to, like, 2017, he was on stage and he announced, like, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. They partnered with Activision on that. There was some good stuff happening. Over there, Jim Ryan. Since he's been there, Sony has made some questionable choices um, with certain things. Still, some good choices about certain things, but some other choices that don't make as much sense. Um, with all the jobs in the game industry, you've got so many different studios, so many different development teams, different companies. It's quite disappointing that. I mean, I don't mean to judge Sean as an individual. I don't know him as a person. Um, when we've seen him in interviews, he's come across as quite a nice person, so I'm not calling him a nasty person. I don't know him on a personal level. I've only seen him in interviews and when he's talked about games. And in those, he's seemed like a nice person who's got some talent. He's got you know, a good head on his shoulders. Uh, but this does put that into question. Like, okay, was it just he saw dollar signs over on you know this Chinese Tencent company, and he just I, I don't know what he's specifically gone over there to do or what he's gone over there for, but joining Tencent in any way, shape, or form is not a good decision. Um, especially when like 
You could probably work at Xbox, you could probably come back to PlayStation, you could probably work at Sony, you could probably work at Activision, you could probably work at and a naughty dog he could probably take his pick of where he wanted to work um depends in which area um like being the head of a studio is different to being like a developer per se or something like that or like a game director but he could probably he's probably got a type of cv i mean he was head of playstation like having that on your cv is a pretty pretty good thing um what do you make of sean's choice to join uh tencent well i don't know the reason why he did it obviously mm-hmm. he's not gonna really say anything outside of the vague oh it's a great opportunity for blah 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 it's not like he's going to come out in like dollar sign glasses wearing <laughs> a, a fur cape throwing hundred dollar bills in the air it's like I'm getting, they're paying me bitches because you know you're never going to see that as right. funny as I would right. like to see that you're never going to see that um, Yeah, I'm sure money was a factor um, I would hope that part of it was him thinking he could change things on the inside um, for the better. That ain't going to happen. But mm-hmm. we'll just have to go from there. Yeah, it's just a shame to see... I mean, we see this in other areas, right? Actors making bad choices, directors making bad choices, people saying stupid stuff, joining bad companies. You know, there's different varieties of how this can happen. Um, but it's just disappointing seeing... Somebody who I thought had, you know, talent, a good head on their shoulders, making a choice like this. And who knows, maybe in, I don't know, years time, six months time, two years time, he could turn around and say like, hey, it was a mistake to join Tencent, and da 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 da. Um, we don't know. We don't know how this will go. Again, I didn't see any specific, like, what his job role was, what he's, what he's doing, why he's joined it, other than just a generic sort of like, hey, creative opportunity type of thing. So, um, just disappointing. It's disappointing to see the guy who went on the stage... And wild Crash Bandicoot fans and said like, "Hey, we're doing Crash One, Two, and Three fully remastered, PS4, Activision, um, Vicarious Visions." And all the Crash fans were like, "Wow, it's awesome to have our character back!" And now he's doing this, so it's just disappointing. Um, let's move on to something else, which is still kind of serious, but got a little bit of comedy to it in a way. Um. So the GTA 6 hack um, uh, leak, which we talked about last week, there's a dozen game clips and things like that. Again, my recommendation to those of you out there, again, I can't tell you what to do, but from what I heard and from the advice I've seen is if you have your own YouTube slash social media slash online platform, don't go and retweet these clips, don't go and post them, or if you've got YouTube channel, don't go and upload the gameplay stuff because Rockstar can come after you because it is their content, they do own it, and you aren't supposed to because this content isn't supposed to be out there because it was stolen speaking of stealing things because this wasn't just a case of somebody hacked their thing and just posted some videos this is a you know a a database was broken into things with code was stolen all sorts of things like that so it is a crime and as much as some of you might think like oh it's just you know just a video game stuff is not really a crime there is a business side of this as well and code and breaking into you know a database you're not supposed to be into um, so the GTA 6 hacker was age 17. We don't have this person's name. I don't actually know this person's name. I don't need to know what this person's name is. It's from London, which is interesting, um, and was age 17. Uh, and is, uh, yeah, that's the person that hacked GTA 6. Um, doesn't quite surprise me. I did think it was someone from America. That was my initial um, assumption, just because that was what made more sense to me. Not that that really makes much difference, but... Uh, I guess not a ton to talk about here, but um, how do you feel about this person being arrested and I guess where they're from and, and their age? 
Uh, the age isn't that surprising. Um, hackers tend to be on the younger side. They also yep. tend to not have the best decision-making skills yep. with that. Um, location, I mean, it's a global world and global technology. The person could have been literally anywhere. Yep. Um, yep. As for the rest, I mean, it's you know, it's a crime. Mm-hmm. What they did was a crime, so not overly shocked at that. Yeah, there we go. Uh, got some other news here about some more gaming handheld type things. Uh, Logitech G has launched or is launching a new handheld device. And I read two sort of conflicting things about this. The first thing that I read, the first headline I read, was that this was going to be an all-cloud um, gaming handheld system. So you can only stream off of it. And then I read someone saying somewhere that oh game pass could come to this thing now game pass obviously if you if you subscribe to game pass on your xbox you can download get so like dreamlight valley that we mentioned earlier if you sign up to game pass you can download dreamlight valley and you can just play it normally on your xbox so i don't know how i don't know how game pass would fit into this if this was an all cloud gaming system and they they've showed a photo of the design and stuff it looks like a normal handheld thing i didn't really look at the design too much um Again, this kind of it, it's interesting because Sony came out with the uh, I can't remember what it was called, but that mobile um, controller thing that holds your phone. And I said like, oh, that's a cool idea. The design looks good and that, but it will rely on internet because it's doing the remote play stuff. Um, so if you don't have a good internet connection or any internet connection at all, it won't work because the remote play app, well, the app probably wouldn't even load itself, let alone connecting to whatever you need to and, and that sort of stuff. So if this is similar to that, so cloud streaming gaming, again, this is where my problem comes in with whether it's from the cloud or some other server or wherever it's from. If you do not have a active connection, whether it's over mobile beta or Wi-Fi, if you don't have a signal where you are, um, which in the UK is some um, interesting spots. So like, you know, you can't get a signal at the hospital, for, for example, which is still kind of mad because you need to make phone calls for people um if your signal cuts out it won't work it will be useless now if the option comes along later to add game pass to this and let's say you log into your xbox account and you've got i don't know dreamlight valley just to use that example again you've got it downloaded to that device if you can play like downloaded game pass games offline on this thing that'll work a lot better um so again, if this is if this is all cloud gaming handheld thing, it literally won't work in certain situations. <laughs> um, for I'll, I'll give you an example, right? So um, I'm not going to say the name of the school or whatever, but the 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 school that I clean at, right? No signal, can't get a signal. In fact, I've seen my um, boss walking through the halls at certain points, and she's trying to like talk to somebody on the phone, and she's like, "Hello, can't you know signal's gone? Can't hear you. We go down to three G or whatever, and she can't hear the person on the phone." Or if I'm trying to, if a new podcast episode comes through on my podcast player and I'm like, oh, what's good games or bold move or sacred symbols has come up, I'll have trouble loading the episode because of where I am. Um, there is Wi-Fi at the school, but we aren't on it. Um, if I was to take this thing to work, and if it is only a cloud gaming system, and let, let's say, for example, I finish work 10 minutes early, and I want to get this thing out and play... I don't know, small section of The Last of Us, for example, I wouldn't be able to do it because it wouldn't load. Um, so, yeah, it's... 
and I don't. There's probably there's probably advantages with game streaming that I don't understand. Um, and Stadia tried to obviously sell that, and it didn't. That didn't work either. Um, I remember the video that I made of me playing a Stadia game. I was like, oh, Stadia, you know, it was on, it was on my laptop, and it said, hey, you can use whatever device or whatever, and it wouldn't load, so I couldn't play any of the Stadia's games. So yeah, that's that's ultimately going to be a, cu- a problem that cuts off any sort of game streaming thing. Um, or you know, if you're playing a downloaded game that you're streaming on Twitch or on YouTube, if your internet cuts off, your stream's going to cut off because that's happened to me a couple of times. Anyway, Robert, what do you think of uh, Logitech G potentially doing an all-cloud gaming handout? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see them getting into that space, considering they don't really have that space. I mean, uh-huh. when you think Logitech, you think keyboards and mice and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. They don't Tech. really have that kind of a background. Now, if this was something that they were partnering with Microsoft as part of their X Cloud service, then that would make more sense because if you can do X Cloud, you can basically play any streamable game on any mobile device whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've seen, you and I have both seen videos of people playing Halo uh, with a controller on their iPad because of X Cloud. Yeah. So. It's an interesting idea. Uh, the big thing is going to be build quality and price. Um, and those are going to be the two big factors as to uh, whether or not it takes off. Yeah, yeah. So, we shall see. Um, got a couple of other things. I can leave the PSVR video discussion. There was like a two-minute video that went up on PlayStation's YouTube channel. It just showed some fancy... VR stuff, but it, it didn't really like reveal anything. So, well, we got like the official look of the hardware. We didn't get a price or anything, right. um, but we did see the hardware officially now. So, I'm sticking with my 350 to 400 for the hardware. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, that's coming out next year. So, we shall see. Uh, we spoke last week already about the lack of backwards compatibility with it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's finish on this. I I found this funny personally. Um, just in terms of Battlefield and COD, uh, one of the publishers of Battlefield um has said <laughs> that if Call of Duty leaves PlayStation, which it it won't, um, I'll be absolutely stunned if COD leaves PlayStation at any point. And we've already discussed that at length. It just doesn't make financial sense to take COD off PlayStation. That if PlayStation leaves COD, that Battlefield will have more of an opportunity. Um, I just, uh, on a personal level, I find that quite funny because of just the absolute catastrophic disaster that was Battlefield. What was it? 2040? Is it 2042? I can't remember the name of the game now. 2042, um, the newest Battlefield game and how badly that's gone and they keep trying to add things to it, even though the game's still kind of broken and stuff and the player count went all the way down. Um... The other thing, to, uh, obviously, in terms of, like, military shooters, yes, Battlefield is the competition. Because although you do have, like, Halo Infinite, you have Apex, you have um, Fortnite, those aren't, like, the military shooter space. And you have, like, Rainbow Six and stuff like that, but it's really kind of been... Just like the same way that Pez has been fighting FIFA and FIFA's been fighting Pez, it's always been Battlefield versus COD. Um, and you could argue, like, okay... Sometimes Halo's tried to fight COD, but they're not. They're they're a completely different genre of shooter, so you've got that going on. Um, yeah, and the fact like you know this new COD game's coming out. Okay, people have got like issues and stuff with it. I don't think any development team or any publisher or studio or anybody 
can make anything that will compete with COD. Not not on a sales level, at least. I mean, people last year moaned a lot about some stuff with Vanguard. That was an okay game at best. Um, parts that I played of it, at least. It was still the best Zen game of last year. So, there's that. So, even... Because the funny thing is, when you take into account like Vanguard and Black Ops Cold War, even on like a double off year for COD, and what I mean by off year is with games that aren't as good, they still sell incredibly well. Warzone comes out is a free thing. Um, they literally moved development studios around to accommodate for that game's success. Um, Battlefield with 2042 could have gotten closer to COD if it had been a better game. I mean, if you look at like the early trailers and the concept of that game, it did look quite good. Whether or not it would have been as good as COD or competed financially, because whether or not you like COD or Battlefield more than the other, obviously my preference is COD. I'm talking about financially and popularity and sales. I don't think any other shooter games are going to get close to competing with COD. And there's been some discussion and things like that about like, oh, if COD does leave PlayStation, PlayStation will have to make something that will compete with it. Nobody's going to be able to to do that. At least I don't think so. Um, I mean, as much as I love, I mean, I wouldn't really see Naughty Dog doing that, for example. But for example, I really love Naughty Dog and like they're really talented and Neil Druckmann's over there and everything else. Obviously, a military shooter would be a bit different for them. I don't think they could do it. I don't think any, I don't think anybody else could could compete with COD on that level, at least from a sales perspective. Um, so, I mean, I, I I get the I get why this person said this about like oh, there's a discussion of like oh, will COD leave PlayStation and Jim Ryan's annoyed at the deal and all all the sort of stuff. Um, no, I I just don't think that's gonna that's gonna happen. Um, what do you think financially of like the competition between Battlefield and COD? Uh, honestly, since I'm not in that game space, I really couldn't tell you. I, I find it more hilarious that Sony senior executives are throwing pissy fits and shade at Microsoft about the current deal. It's like, yeah, piss off the person that's going to own the product you want. That always works good. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I keep reading the same stuff about what Jim Ryan said, like he wants a better deal. And I don't. I mean, we're not involved with the business stuff. We haven't seen all the contracts, all the paperwork, and all that, so we don't know everything. But COD's gonna stay on your platform. Just be quiet about it. Let the game come out. Let the game come out on the twenty eighth of October, and you'll see your numbers come in. I don't. I mean, is, it, is Jim Ryan trying to get a better deal? Um, because COD Modern Warfare will still be one of the best selling games of the year, and PlayStation will still get a slice of that pie. Um. Yeah, it just as I mentioned before, with the the three kind of sales juggernauts of gaming, which to me is FIFA, GTA, which GTA is nowhere near as regular, and COD. Um, I mean, Red Dead Redemption did really, really well, but we've had like two Red Dead games. Um, we're gonna get a GTA Six at some point. That's gonna sell gangbusters. Um, FIFA sells well every single year, regardless of like how good the games are. Um, and COD will continue to do the same. It'd be interesting next year, because there's not supposed to be a COD game next year, because they're supposed to give Modern Warfare 2 a second year of content, which sounds good to me. So, uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, but do you think any other military series shooter, or Battlefield specifically, could compete in any sort of way? Not really. I mean, the only one I can think of is strictly PC and very niche product. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. None of them I really... I mean, there's a Escape from Tarkov, I think. 
that was hot for a quick minute or whatever it was called. Right. But yeah, that's really about it. Yeah. So, but no, I don't think anything else could do it. Uh, all right, that's it for my news this week. Robert, what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, if you're in the market for a Steam Deck, uh, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Valve announced that it is at production cap capacity to a point that should allow them to fulfill all reservations by the end of the year. The only caveat is that Steam Deck in Canada might not apply, but this isn't a production issue. Um, this is a distribution issue processing back orders from Canada. So there's a bit of a pause on that to let the backlog of paid orders get through Canada, uh, but that's the only region being affected. But he also says, the article also says that um, going forward past 2023, uh, they don't see even the need for reservations anymore because they'll be able to keep up production with demand. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I've heard with Steam Deck, um, I think there was some waiting queues and stuff at the, the beginning. There was a bit more demand than what they expected. Uh, I know Paris from Kind of Funny was saying some stuff about that. He's got his Steam Deck now. He's enjoying it. Um, and again, from, for the most part, um, even though I think the design of the controller and whatnot for Steam Deck looks kind of strange to me, um, every every single person I've seen posting photos of like, hey, here's my Steam Deck and I'm playing this on it and all that, seem to be enjoying it. Uh, I mean, I know you said uh, Jason Bradbury, who uh, streams with Bex, he's got one. Um, did David say that he had one as well? I don't remember off the top of my head. I think he said something about it on Geek Town. I'll ask him tomorrow. Um, but I think he's got one. He said they were good. Uh, Cadigarus. Um, so Jim Caddick. He got one as well. He said they're quite good. Again, not really something that I need. Something that I want. Um, but no, people seem to have to have enjoyed them so far. What do you think? Um, I think they're in a very small niche kind of area of people that want um, gaming PC quality, but not necessarily a laptop or to build their own gaming machine because both of those can get very expensive, uh-huh. especially if you build a high-end PC. Um, you're talking, you know, you're upwards of like $3,000 possibly, even lo- even higher, depending on what parts you go for, whereas this is a fixed cost of about $300, and with the partnership with uh, the third-party repair companies, it's easy to get it fixed if something does break on it. Mm. So, I mean, I've often said that you might enjoy it just because you have a Switch, so you're familiar with handheld style. It's a lot cheaper than buying a new laptop, which would be eight, nine hundred pounds, just to have a halfway decent um, gaming laptop. Mm-hmm. So, but then again, you're not much into the PC gaming anyway, so it really just kind of depends on the need. I yeah. don't travel for work anymore, so I'm not taking my Switch, and I wouldn't need to take my PC. So, mm-hmm. see, before the Steam Deck came out, and I saw photos of like, you know, certain gamers and journalists and whatever at airports with like a gaming laptop. I don't know that I would go to like any pub, like whether it's a bus or wherever, um, and like take a laptop with me and like use that for and like sit it down somewhere and everything. I don't know that I could do that, but obviously that's what the Steam Deck's supposed to be for. Um, I mean, I do all my gaming and stuff at home, mostly on my PS Five. Um, I mean, when I do, I say travel for work, we're there in 10, 15 minutes. 
um and i actually eat a snack on my way there anyway so uh usually i just like look at my phone for 10 minutes or something but there's been those those few occasions where i was playing like luigi's mansion and metroid dread um quickly in in the car and stuff and i was i was getting like little parts of the games done so that that was good um but when i get like my next switch game or whatever um i'll take that with me again i suppose so um but no like you said like the the pc specific gaming side of stuff i'm not really like doing that um i know you can play other games like you know third party games like god of war and stuff like that uh well not third party games but other games on there and stuff um again I, i'll just do most of that gaming at home so uh what else do you want to talk about this week well the other thing that i want to talk about is something that i don't understand a why people are still giving it money and b why it's still a thing familiar i know we talked a long time ago but are you familiar with the game star citizen yeah we've been hearing about it for decades <laughs> and literally decades for the people that don't know or don't remember off the top of our head uh star citizen is a game that was created by chris roberts he was the driving force behind all the wing commander games in the early 90s great game i would love to see a reboot of that on some level so he launched a private Kickstarter for for Star Citizen in September 2012. They are still making, still taking money from that Kickstarter, even though that game has not come out yet on any level. Some modules have been released every now and then, which is like little vertical slices for people to play the game, but it's still not out, despite it being over 10 years. And they just passed half a billion dollars across 4 million plus backers um, for funding this. Um, And being questioned earlier last year, Chris Roberts stated that Star Citizen's gameplay, quote, is not a pipe dream, nor will it take 10 10 to 20 years to deliver, even though it's already been 10 years and they don't got squat to show for it outside of fat bank accounts and probably everybody in the parking lot driving Ferraris. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was because you mentioned half a billion there. Uh, is that what you said? Half a billion? Half a billion. $500,121,052 across 4,096,818 backers, according to the article. So I was just thinking about game budgets I've heard of before. Um, two games in particular come to mind. Last of Us Part 2, I read somewhere cost $200 million, I think, to make. I don't know how accurate that is or if the marketing costs or whatever. And the other one I've heard before is Red Dead Redemption 2, um, which I think I read was half a, that same amount, half a billion, um, which ma- makes sense for both those games given, you know, assets and all, all just everything in, in those games. So if you've got like a Naughty Dog slash Rockstar-ish type of budget, a good few, you know, 100 million, um, yeah, you probably should be uh, putting more than at least what you've described here together um Mm -hmm. so is there like gameplay videos is there trailers like what what yeah you can go on youtube and see people playing the uh, modules and he has been sued repeatedly because in the original kickstarter there was a clause for full refunds and he was refusing those refunds so he has had to be the company has been sued several times over it hmm yeah but yeah, ten years and that amount of money well, up to this point. Yeah, you probably should be showing something else at this point. I think. 
and that's one of the reasons why I stay off Kickstarter because the reason why most Kickstarter projects fail is because something will happen and it'll get like crazy popular mm. and they can't scale. So let's say you're making product X and you've got a company that can make it and they can produce 500 and then somehow your, your Kickstarter goes viral and you have to fill 50,000. Well, odds are that production company can't scale to that. So they get delayed and delayed and delayed and people get pissed off and, and then bad things happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we'll see what comes of this and when, I guess, because that's a long, long time. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, now you're talking the year after Skyrim came out. Uh, about as yeah, it's about as old as Skyrim. Yeah, so there's been a lot of games made and produced in that time. And they've made Skyrim nine times in that process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Alright, was that what you had for this week? That's all I got. Cool, uh, let's move on to our emails and feedback. we got three of them this week. If you would like to write into the show, let us know what you think of the topics we've discussed. Any news that we've missed, um, let us know what you're playing. If you like what you're playing, hopefully you do like what you're playing. Um, and if you want Dead Silence as a perk, please let me know why. Um, because, yeah. Anyway, uh, Matthew at Entertainment, talk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, contact page, information in your show notes. There's an email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. Beth returns and writes in, says, with the games already out this year and the ones coming up, so between now and the end of the year, any guesses for the game of the year? Uh, or a few, a few things have moved out of those potential uh, nominees, so things like Hogwarts Legacy, Forspoken... Um, obviously GTA 6 will not be releasing this year uh, Star Citizen will probably not be releasing this year by the sounds of things um, so those are all out uh, we've discussed this topic a little bit before but I don't, I don't mind re- revisiting it every now and again when we get like you know new game announcements game delays so we know what's coming up and as more games come out and whatnot. Um, probably something like Elden Ring probably something like Maybe something like Sifu, something like Stray could get nominated. Um, I could definitely see Stray for like story game yeah. of the year. Yeah. Um, Elden yeah. Ring definitely in there. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. Kind of a sleeper hit would have probably Tunic. Um, hmm. just because that game got kind of popular. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hmm. yeah if Dying Light, Stay Human, did that come out this year? Yeah, number two, yeah. Uh, God of War, the, pro- probably. The, yeah, God of War, if it comes out this year, although I don't know that it will. Um, maybe, um, the what's that zombie game that we talked about a couple weeks ago? Uh, the one that's set in LA. Oh, that's not coming out this year. Dead, I don't know, Dead, maybe. Dead Island 2? Dead Island 2, it might come out this year. Um, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, for like definitely for Switch. Yeah, family um, stuff, yeah. Switch Sports? Is anybody playing that still? Uh, Maybe Redfall if it comes out this year, although I don't think it will. No, that's that vampire game, isn't it? Yeah, that's the the multiplayer vampire game. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotham Knights? Doubt it. Doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, there's a bunch of there was like a bunch of games in February, March, and then a bit of a gap, and then a bunch of games now. 
Um, depends. Would something like Callisto Protocol be eligible? Will that be too late in December? I um, don't know what they're qualifying that is, so... Yeah, yeah. Because I remember Jedi Fallen Order got cut off. Um, I think it got nominated for something the, the year after. That was like a November game, so... Um, yeah, a few of the last ones will probably be... I mean, COD will be in, like, ongoing. Actually, it probably won't be COD. It will probably be Warzone that will get nominated. Um, yeah, those are those are some of some of our guesses. Uh, Harrison says, uh, Matt, any thoughts on the two rumoured um, Crash games being in development? Uh, yeah, there's a rumour going around at the moment that the Wumper League game, the ever, the ever mysterious Wumper League um, party online game, um, is in development and a Crash Bandicoot 5. Um... Depends on where, where and when we hear about these things. I mean, we keep, like, there's so much speculation in the Crash community about, like, oh, when Sony does a state of play, when Sony does a showcase, when Xbox does this, when this company does that, they'll show it off. Um, we've not really had official... Because sometimes you get, like, blog post confirmations or whatever of, like, hey, we're making this game, we'll show you it at so-and-so date. We've just had, like, development rumours. Um, it does seem likely that that would happen. Um... I do feel slightly sorry for Sparrow fans because they've not had their Sparrow 4 yet. Um, and I, I predicted a few years ago that you would see a Crash and a Sparrow game every other year, which has not really happened so far. Um, but again, there's the acquisition, there was all the sexual harassment stuff, so that's probably derailed certain things. Um, hasn't stopped COD, but uh, it might have affected. Plus, like, Toys for Bob's team got moved about. Vicarious Vision's team got moved about as well. Uh, Beanox's team got moved about. Um, so I, I think those two games are likely, just in terms of when they get announced or whatever. I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, which is weird because at the Game Awards last year, certain influence, influencers and whatnot were sent like packages in the same way that the previous announcements were done. Uh, so like when Spyro came out, influencers was, were sent an egg. Um, and then they were sent like... Uh, a Wumper something or other Wumper is the, the fruit in the game that Crash collects um, they were sent that they were sent like a Wumper piñata as well and then nothing got announced so um, there could be some legal stuff going on with that game who knows but any guesses Robert? Uh, no guess um, maybe in a couple three years possibly but that's about it yeah yeah so uh, we shall see. And then the thing I've been alluding to all podcast, uh, Jack says, Hey Matt, saw a petition. Yes, there is a petition <laughs> for Infinity Ward to put the, um, dots back on the, the red dots back on the mini map. Uh, I, 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 I see a lot of petitions about a lot of things. Some of them are much more justified than other ones. Um, there's still petitions to bring like Gotham back for last season, which doesn't make any sense. Um, there's obviously petitions about more serious things like actual crimes and, you know, political things, which make more sense, depending on what they are. Uh, but um, it, it, it's funny because I, I saw like the goal, I saw a screenshot of the goal get posted. It's like, hey, if we get this many votes in this many time, we'll get whatever. And it said like, hey, if we get, I think it was a thousand votes, it will be like put on the top of change.org. Um so for those of, those of you who don't know what this is, uh, so it's obviously there's the map, the mini map on COD, um, which will give you like a, a small map sort of view of the area around you. So like where the doors are, the walls, you know, where the bomb is or, or whatever. It will show your teammates on it. And the thing that the COD community has been moaning about 
is when someone fires an unsuppressed, so a louder gun in the game, they are supposed to come up, so for the duration of how long they're shooting, so if it's a single fire gun it will be for a few seconds, if it's like you're shooting a full mag of a gun, um, it'll be for the duration that you're firing the gun for. Um, you'll appear as a red dot on the map so that you go, oh, there's somebody on my right or behind me or on my left. They've appeared on the map. I'll run over there and see if I can get them or whatever. Um, that isn't um, happening on this game. And I don't remember what happened on the last game, but apparently it wasn't a feature on that game either. The funny part of that is if you play the hardcore version of the games, which basically is uh, less damage required to get a kill, and there's no HUD. That's what the hardcore game mode is. Core will show you like every single bit of HUD and everything like that. Um, hardcore, just it's just you, your, your gun in the map, and um, you get like no HUD or anything like that. Which is the, that's the game mode that I play mainly for the damage. Is just much much better. If you fire a gun that's unsuppressed on hardcore, there is no mini map because it's part of the HUD that gets hidden. So for the three years or so that I've been playing Modern Warfare, I'm very used to not having any sort of mini map. The only point when that comes up is if a teammate, so either yourself or a teammate, has got a personal radar or a UAV, then the map comes up. Um, but the, the idea that players have been talking about that's supposed to be the case is if you fire an unsuppressed weapon in a game mode that's got the minimap, your red dot's supposed to come up. It's just interesting that, like, because that's not something that just, it, it doesn't really bother me. It's just not something that comes across when, when I'm playing the game. So it's not something that I'm whatever um it's it's interesting that because you can hear like you know gunshots off in the distance you can hear players footsteps that to me is how i track what's going on it's like oh i'm hearing somebody firing on my right or on my left or above me oh it's a teammate um don't shoot them by accident or if i am in an area where like hey the bomb's here the data center's here i can hear someone above me they're trying to shoot somebody else i'll track them through sound which is probably the way it would work in in war because there is no minimap or whatever when you're doing that um so you would hit you you would listen basically for explosions you'd listen out for footsteps you'd listen out for you know war noises footsteps gunshots explosions and you go oh there's someone over there or there's someone there i can hear someone over here and that's how i track somebody um so i don't know i, th I think a petition is a bit like i mean what what, what do players expect infinity war to do about that um they themselves did put out an update post after the first week of the beta and they commented on the minimap and they just said hey we kind of fancied just experimenting and changing things a bit which is kind of the point of a beta which is like hey we have this new feature in our game that's coming out we'll put it in the beta and see what players think um granted most of the comments and most of the community that i've seen have been like please put this back in the game please put this red dot thing back in the game I think it's a case where, like, if you combine the two things that players are moaning about at the moment, which is no dead silence as, as perks, no slide cancelling, and no um, minimap, I think what some players just want to do is this adrenaline rush fueled thing where, like, they've got permanent dead silence on, they've got minimap stuff going on where they can see the red dots, and what a player sometimes wants to do is they want to run around with unlimited sprint, making no noise, so you take out the footstep noise, and hey, there's a red dot over there. I'm just going to run like a headless chicken and just like literally sprint halfway across the map to somebody that's come up on the map. Um, and then probably get shot by somebody else on the way. It's, it's again, if that's your play style, if that's how you like to play the game, 
Um, that is more of a PC way of playing, which I've which I've seen. It's it's as interesting that like because that requires no tactics. There's no tactics there. All that is is like, hey, there's a red dot on the map. I'm gonna use unlimited silent sprint to just you know be like the Flash basically and just sprint your way over there, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Robert, what do you kind of make of that situation? Uh, it's just it's weird, is all it is. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of funny. So, anyway, uh, but what do I think of them doing that? I'm not really bothered one way or the other. When I start playing hardcore game modes, it's not e- the map's not even going to be there anyway. So, it is what it is. Anyway, that's what we got for you for this week's gaming talk episode. Thank you all very much for listening, uh, Robert. Thanks for being here again. Um, you can, of course, in the meantime, find the other podcasts that we do over on EntertainmentTalk.org. TV, games, films, main night podcast. Uh, the Premier League is back this weekend. The men's Premier League. I know that there were some women's games on as well today. The main night is women team one. Congratulations to them. Uh, but yeah, the Premier League, the men's Premier League football is back next week, and it's the Manchester Derby. So, you know, big stuff happening. Uh, that's on Sunday, so look out for a podcast for that. But yeah, TV, games, films, main night podcast, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk. Uh, got a few episodes planned for this week. Um, Walking Dead stuff, hopefully, Last of Us content, another gaming talk episode, football's coming back. So things are uh, still happening um so yeah check it all out over there if you want to support us in other ways you can of course listen to the other episodes that we've got on the places i've just mentioned you can also tell other people about what we're doing either simply by just telling them or using social media however you want to do that share the episodes around whatever way you want to do that uh patreon five dollar ten dollar level tiers for the every podcast review options take a look at that as well if you'd like to uh, if you're TV and your film news, there's been a lot of Disney-related news recently as well. Uh, some air dates coming back. We're getting into that point of the year. So if you want to know about some air dates, casting news, changes, um, pickups, renewals, cancellations, those sorts of things, uh, David, who is our friend and co-host, uh, runs geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Geektown Radio posts on Tuesdays. Look out for those episodes as well. So there's all that. Uh, Bex, who's involved with all that as well, she streams very regularly over on Twitch. Tristy, B-Y-T-E-S, uh, Little Nightmares 2, Tomb Raider, uh, classic games, retro streams, chat streams, all that sort of stuff. Uh, if you want to find me, hopefully a bit more regularly from now on, on Twitch, that's eTalkUK. Go and give that channel, go and give both both channels a follow. Uh, be, you know, you'll be notified when I go live. Uh, as for the FIFA stuff, um, Last of Us, Dreamlight Valley, all that sort of thing. And if you miss any of that gameplay related stuff, game clips, or anything else, uh, YouTube Entertainment Talk plays for all of that. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.